Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is March 1st. We are only a couple days away from the trade deadline. We got March Madness around the corner. It's an exciting time for sports, but uh, as Rob says in the chat here, Andy's still oh, in disbelief of Dubas' moves. Rob. That's what's going He's salty <laughs> over the moves that were made yesterday, bringing out the Oilers shirt here to antagonize uh, antagonize myself and <laughs> Rob in the chat. That's what's going on with, uh, with the Edmonton. Would it make you feel better if I put this back shirt. on? Or? Yeah, yeah. Throw the Leafs jersey back on. Throw the Leafs jersey back on. <laughs> but I want to ask you guys real quick off the top before we get into today's games because uh, there are six that we'll preview and we'll give best bets in and for whatever ones that we have. Uh, but I want to start with last night trade breaks between the LA Kings, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Gavrikov and Corpusalo on their way to LA. Jonathan Quick is the notable piece being moved from the LA Kings. There's a lot of um, noise surrounding Jonathan Quick in terms of how he was feeling about the trade. I mean, you live in L.A., you play for the Kings, you win a couple cups during your career, and now all of a sudden you're on your way to the worst team in the NHL, or one of, in Ohio, uh, and uh, you have to get on the plane with the team back to L.A. after the game. Seems like he was pretty frustrated with the move. Uh, and then we're seeing here a comment from Derek Vanderwall saying, Good morning, gents. Rob Blake is an idiot. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you real quick. You, thoughts on the trade in general, I guess, just brief thoughts, and then more so just the standing of Jonathan Quick, if you think maybe this was a mistreatment of a guy who's given everything he has to the LA Kings. So I literally was debating this with a couple of people on a, a live podcast last night. We were talking about this, and we were saying that the only thing that made sense was that Quick had to go back in a deal for Corpusalo. It, it, you know, The fact that he's been the best goaltender in LA Kings history Still doesn't change the fact that he's struggling right now. This is a young Kings team that had the chance to make some noise in the postseason, and they need an upgrade in goal. So, if anything, he's kind of doing the ultimate sacrifice as an LA King, and and uh, you know, going off to to Columbus uh, to help the better of the franchise. Not necessarily his uh, case, or, or and chances are that he was more than likely. We don't know right now, but it seems like he was going to retire. He, he didn't work on any kind of extension. He's a UFA at the end of the year. So the Kings, you know, to use the old line from the Godfather, you know, it's it's not personal. It's strictly business. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I was approaching it at first as well. I think uh, there likely was some type of conversation. I can't imagine this was an unexpected trade. There was his agent had to have been informed that this was he a possibility. Was, they said he reports that he was furious, you know, upon hearing that he was being moved and where he was being moved to, which I certainly don't blame him. Uh, but like, <laughs> you don't want to go to Columbus know, right now? <laughs> nah, nah, not, not so much. But uh, you know, and you that five million dollar cap hit. He had to kind of know, know the writing was going to be on the wall if he wasn't playing well by this time. Regardless of where the Kings were going to be, that there was a chance he was going to be moved at the beginning of the year. Now, him and his agent should have known that part. It maybe not necessarily the locale or the timing, but he should have known that a trade could have been possible involving him because of his cap hit and the fact that Cal Peterson, who's also getting $5 million, is being stashed away in Ontario right now. I'm sure they're going to try and move him as well if they can free up some cap space if possible. And comment here from Connor Hartle saying, Quick should be furious with how he's played this year. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He put himself fair in the situation, to, to be fair. You know? Yeah. Uh, and Andy, how, what did you think, make uh, for moves yesterday? Well, I mean, I think I think both uh, instances yesterday were a good reminder that this is a business. You look at the Patrick Kane trade and and what Chicago got back in return. I mean, uh, all this talk about you know these long term players like 
kind of taking one for the team and, and, you know, making that deal to help help set the team up for the future. Patrick Kane didn't really do that. I mean, he, he kind of handcuffed the Blackhawks, only gave them one destination that he was willing to go to, right? So um, I think, you know, it's just a good reminder that this is a business. It goes both ways. And, uh, and you know, whether you're a player or a general manager, I mean, when when it comes down to it, you're, you're going to try to make your team better and, and or, or you're going to try to get the best situation for you. And uh, nobody nobody's going to think about your best interest. They're going to think about the best interests of the, the organization or themselves, right? So, Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's get into the games here tonight, Andy. Let's start with the uh, team that you're rocking here. Uh, all Oilers today for Andy. I'm it's just a, trolling. The, I don't actually yeah. like have a, <laughs> an insightful opinion on this game or anything like. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, you were you you come here ready to troll. You're gonna have to speak up and say something about it. And uh, the Oilers are hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs here tonight. Uh, the Oilers first in the wild card in the West right now. They've just made a trade for Matthias Ekholm, seeing Tyson Berry go the other way. Uh, this Edmonton team has the same points as Winnipeg, same games played, same points as Seattle, one more game played than them, four points back of the Kings, four points back of Vegas. You look at that uh, spot in the Pacific there, it is very, very tight between those two teams, but Edmonton not really doing themselves any favors over the last 10, going 3-3-4. Three, three, and four. Sitting at home tonight against a Leafs team who's about 500 uh, on the road so far this year, coming off a three-game win streak, and they themselves have now gone out and added a whole bunch of new pieces. Uh, breaking this one down here tonight, Andy, how do you look at this? Are you at all worried? I just want to know, are you at all worried as a Leafs family? Is any part of you like, this is too much, like you're messing with a good thing, we had a good team, like there, there's, there's been too many additions, or do you think it's all good and you're very happy? Just curious. I um, I know it's a cop-out answer, but I would say slightly in between. And the reason is uh, I kind of lean towards where you went at first in terms of like this is a lot. This is a lot of new players, a lot of new moves. But it otherwise it was relatively the same team and the same players as before. And there's been no success with them. And you didn't change the big pieces. You didn't move on from your core uh, four guys plus Morgan Riley didn't have to expend on uh, like get rid of TJ Brody here. So you didn't kind of really kill the nucleus of the whole thing. Just inputted pieces around. Uh, I am, I am happy that O'Reilly and Achari got here before this kind of happened so that they could fit in and they're not just also being jammed into like six new yeah. guys coming into the lineup too. But yeah, I think there's an element of concern uh, I don't think in the long term it's it's overly concerning. It's more just like, all right, how does this work for the next 10, 15, or like 10 games here, essentially? And then after that, hopefully you can kind of get things going. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm like jumping over the moon with excitement over this. There is an element of like, so the Bruins well, are still we just better, added a lot. The Bruins are still better. I think, it's pretty, I think it's pretty close now, but I would still say the Bruins are better, yes. I, I say the Leafs are better than Tampa as it stands right now. Uh, yeah, I think that I the con that. very concerning thing to me, though, which will always concern me and will not stop concerning me until that series is complete, is Vasilevsky. Uh, that is very, like that is the one thing that stands out to me. I'm like, I, I just don't know. Because even if our goalies don't lose us this series, like if, if Samsonov goes in there, he's very good, has a good save percentage and everything. He could still just lose games because Vasilevsky's going to go and steal them, and that is that's yeah. a concerning factor to me. 
Yeah. From, so, from uh, a, I mean, I think. Oh. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Uh, yeah, I was just going to chip in quickly from a, a non, you know, biased perspective. I'm not a Leafs fan at all, but I think they've done enough adding on to where it's not overkill. And if you look back at the teams, take out the Tampa Bay's and the Pittsburgh's and the dynasty style teams that have just been kind of reloading the same players over and over. Look at Colorado last year. Look at some other teams. Mm-hmm. Even look at like the Hawks, that last cup run they had. They added pieces on, like I said, didn't rock the boat and rock the core, but they added the pieces they needed and, and were able to, to, you know, go on and, and win a cup. So I think, I think the Leafs have done enough. They're right in that sweet spot. They've made some big acquisitions that can fit in. They've got some depth pieces. They didn't do a whole lot. They didn't overhaul everything right away. And I think they're in a pretty stable spot moving forward. Yeah, I mean, even go back to 2011, the year the Bruins won the Cup, and they added some some depth pieces in, like, Chris Kelly and uh, Rich Peverly. Uh, one more player that's coming not coming to mind right now. But, um, you know, those guys helped out a lot in that playoff run. Didn't really, like you said, rock the boat. They didn't mess with the core. So, yeah, I think that's... That's kind of where I land too on on the moves that the Leafs have made, um, but yeah, I think right you know for this matchup and I do have the the Maple Leafs as a, a smaller favorite around where the the, the sports books have them right now. Um, it's just such a big. I mean, I know the the Oilers will probably figure out their five on five scoring issues or their even strength scoring issues, but there's just such a big gap right now between how these teams are playing at even strength uh, that uh, you know Toronto just has the edge and. Um, I think I think the game's priced pretty appropriately. I don't I don't really have any, I, like I said, it, like really valuable insight into this one. I don't think uh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at this game tonight, this would be a no bet for me. Just sit and watch and try to enjoy what's gonna what we're gonna see on the ice tonight between uh, two teams that are kind of looking to load up here. I think it's interesting watching the Western Conference ahead of the uh, ahead of the. A deadline because you're seeing all these Western Conference players be shipped out to the East. The East teams are all loading up. And in a way, you could kind of say like, all right, well, maybe this isn't our year. It's the, it's the East. But it's like, if you're in the West and you can get through to the Conference Final and you can push through to the Stanley Cup Final, yep. maybe a quote-unquote easier path, you might just be able to get there and just do some damage uh, just based on the fact that maybe you haven't had to go through as much to through the, the first couple of rounds of the playoffs to get to that finals. And then it's still the NHL. It's still hockey. Like anything can happen once you get there. Oh, so yeah. there's no say, saying why the, a Western conference team couldn't beat an Eastern conference team in the finals this year. So I look at some of these teams, the Edmontons, uh, Colorado, uh, Vegas, and it's like, well, if you guys just load up, you could be in a good position to go on a run. And once you get there, there's no telling what you could do. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to deny that the West is, wide open and i mean there's a a chance that you can miss one of those powerhouses right i mean there's absolutely no chance in the east that you're going to get all the way to the stanley cup without having to go through one of these uh top tier teams but there there is that you know small possibility in the west uh that somebody can do you the favor of taking out an edmonton or a colorado early and 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 that really would open things up and and uh you know create a lot of scenarios i guess but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I saw I saw Pete Blackburn uh, tweet out the other day, like the, the, the pre and post op pictures of Steve Rogers and Captain America, like showing the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, yes. like, and that's it's it's the truth, man. Like they're just it, they're just so bulked up right now, and and uh, the West just continues to shed. 
Yeah, and I mean, you want to look at the playoffs right now. One of New Jersey, New York, Toronto, and Tampa is going to be out in the first round. Or two of those teams, I I guess, essentially, are going to be out in the first round. Like, it's it's nuts watching that happen. And it's funny, too, because I know me personally, I thought that the Eastern Conference was going to kind of be the not the lesser of the two, but the, the conference that really beat each other up in the sense, like in the regular season, where, you know, you'd have only, you know, a team that maybe only got a wild card spot with about 90 or 91 points. And that seems like it's going to be the Western conference this year with the East has been, like I said, a lot of powerhouse teams uh, that unfortunately are going to be knocking each other out of the postseason. Yeah. All right. A team that I'm interested to watch as they gone and they've gone out and acquired the uh, Patrick Kane yesterday, the New York Rangers uh, seeing that trade come across. I thought it was kind of interesting. The pieces that were given up, but uh, I felt like maybe it was going to be more when we saw that, but then you kind of consider the fact that he basically handcuffed them, not blaming him for it. He has the, every single right to do that, especially given his history in Chicago, but he said, I'm going to the Rangers. I'm only going to the Rangers, so figure it out. And then uh, once you got kind of get in that position, Chicago is basically sitting there like, all right, well, we could potentially lose this guy for nothing, or we can get some uh, assets for it right now. So Patrick Kane on his way to the New York Rangers. Looks like he may debut for them tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers on the road. They already confirmed that. I heard heard he wasn't going to play today. He's going to play Thursday against Ottawa. So my friend friend Matt Alber, who is a – ice scraper boy for the New York Rangers in his spare time. Uh, you know, skates out there at the intermission with the shovel and all that. Uh, usually just ends up gawking at Igor Sestirkin or something and fantasizing about him. But um, <laughs> he uh, he bought tickets for the game in Philly. If I'm understanding him correctly, his messages were kind of uh, chaotic, to, to, to say the least. But, <laughs> but he, he, he bought tickets immediately, I guess, after the trade to the game in Philly. And now he's trying to sell them because Patrick Kane isn't going to be playing. So, <laughs> Well, he might yeah, get lucky and a... tell them to somebody who doesn't know that Kane's out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> had... Um... Yeah, Rob, Rob like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, had, I saw yesterday that it, it was saying he was going to play today. So my bad there. Apologies. No, well, it did but... say you're you're not wrong. It, like they Originally it said like Kane could debut on Wednesday yeah. in Philadelphia. But then they came out and said the Rangers actually came out and said that uh, he would be uh, Thursday, debuting on, on Thursday. Um, yeah. And same with Timo Meyer, He's not going to be playing today either. So the two big trade yeah. deadline acquisitions not actually in action today. Yeah, I had known that one about Timo Meyer. He's still dealing with the injury, right? The upper body yeah. injuries working out. So, yeah, that one's uh, fair enough. But this uh, Rangers team going to Philly tonight, as you mentioned, to take on the Flyers. Uh, Philly right now on a three-game losing streak, and the Rangers on the other hand, six-three and one in their last ten. They are sitting up seven points on the Islanders for that uh, Metro last Metro spot right now. As the Islanders hold on to the first wild card, they are six points back of the Devils, nine points back of Carolina as it stands right now. Could be an opportunity for them here to start gaining up some ground on the Devils if they can do so. Adding in these new players and the Devils still not having Timo Meyer in their lineup, like Andy had just mentioned there. Uh, but Alex, if you're looking at this game tonight, is there anything that piques your interest to bet on? Wait, you cut out on, on my end. He oh, wants sorry. to in know the... if there's anything that you want to bet on in this game, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Yeah, you, no. I, okay. Which I'm I'm lost on what game we're on right now. 
With, oh, sorry, uh, the Rangers and the Flyers. Flyers, yeah. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> thank, thank you. That's what I would, that's what I would say. You cut out of my ear. Yeah, uh, this game, no, I don't want anything to do with this. I, I would have taken Rangers in regulation or team total if, if they had everybody playing. But, of course, no K. Andre Miller. He's suspended uh, for that match penalty he got spitting in the – on um, the guy for LA the other night, and then you got yeah, you know, no Patrick Kane, and it's gonna take a while because, like you said, with all these different moves, and you mentioned about with Toronto, how it's better to get your players in earlier than later to, to for the lineups to gel. I think it might take a little bit for the Rangers lineup to gel with Kane, but once it does, and the the biggest key, obviously, everybody's talking about Kane and Panarin. My thing is that if Kane is a Benajad, can click the same way Kane and Panarin used to click. That's what makes that. Uh, acquisition and, and that line potentially just crazy lethal, especially on a power play. But for tonight's game, Rangers should win this one. I mean, I, it's hard to back Philly at any dog spot right now. Uh, you know, even with pieces missing, I just I'd rather look at maybe the over uh, at six, and even then, you could probably get that better adjusted in game at five and a half. So this is more probably going to be this. So definitely going to watch the game. It's a TNT game. But this would be more of a live wagering game. Yeah, I looked at some player props and, and stuff, and I was kind of on the fence with some shot props, but the Flyers just block so many shots. They block the most shots in the NHL, uh, so that's always a, a problem. They give up a ton of shot attempts, but actually rank um, you know, pretty pretty high in, in, in shots against. Uh, so I couldn't really get there on anything, and and yeah, I was I was kind of I was kind of on uh, leaning towards the over as well. But once again, you know, no Kane. Uh, Andre Miller, he's a guy that can push it on offense and, and, and drive play. So um, I, I, I'm going to stick with Alex there and look for that in-game maybe. Okay, so no play in that one. But a game that I know we do have a play in here, Alex, I'd go to you for the uh, game between the Arizona Coyotes and the Dallas Stars here tonight. Arizona just beat Chicago last night 4-1, 5-2-3 uh, in their last 10 Despite uh, no chickering, they still find ways to get points here. So I imagine as a Blackhawks fan, happy to see that happening. The Arizona Coyotes climbing up in the standings in points at this point in time. Uh, but they are a terrible road team, and they are on the road here tonight against Dallas. 7-20-7 and this year on the road. And Dallas right now on a six-game win streak, um, holding on strong. Or Dallas, sorry, not on a six-game win streak. <laughs> on a one-game, uh, just coming off a loss for the Dallas Stars. Uh, but despite that, they are 15-8-8 eight, and eight at home, just below 500 as well here, facing off against Arizona. If you're looking at this game tonight, Alex, is there anything you can find an edge on to bet on? So you look at Dallas's last 11 games, and, I mean, most of them have been losses. They've lost six of the last seven, That's which you were trying to say earlier. But they've been playing close hockey and we've seen eight of these games go to overtime and just even looking at some of the games that ended in regulation at least three of these were late goals empty net goals we could be talking about a, a Dallas team that could have gone to OT or shootout in 10 of their last 11 games and thankfully I've been betting the draw uh, almost automatically with Dallas and cashing in some big plus prices around the 350 to 400 range tonight we're looking at plus 410 here it's the coyotes team that like i said even though they're toward the bottom they've been live and they've been uh been active got that offense rolling last night against chicago i think they could uh take the fight to dallas and this is a stars team that's just trying to cling on and get points and they've been keeping afloat by getting one point one point every game one point or two points uh i think that's the case here so i like the draw between the stars and coyotes tonight. yeah, yeah we did win in the chat 
uh, say that I think the Rangers were a paper tiger, and I, I don't know. I don't know if the Dallas qualifies as any kind of tiger, but I I can't quite put my finger on it. But I just think this team is a, a fraudulent bunch of <laughs> pushovers that that are gonna you know not not go very far unless Ottinger absolutely stands on his head. I just I just can't yeah. quite put my finger on it. Just something does not feel right about this team. And uh, you, you know, know what it seems like. I'll be able to figure it out by the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, you know what it seems like? And I, I was in the same boat. And then the only thing that I can really pinpoint is that, oh, it is a Pete DeBoer team. And have yeah. we not seen this kind of a collapse <laughs> with him when he was with the Sharks, Devils, and, like, pretty much his entire career, Vegas, even Vegas, the way that, you know, Vegas had that those kind of, like, bumps in the road at times? I think maybe he might be the issue, honestly, because yeah, we know this lineup is solid. Except I'm just one of the best goalies in the world when he's, when he's on his game, but he hasn't been on his game like that lately. But I think DeBoer might have too. Right place, right time guy. I mean, even like you can say what you want about the mm-hmm. stars, but coming into a coaching position with arguably the best young goaltender in the league is a you know pretty pretty big win if you ask me, uh, because you know how 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 linked success at the coaching uh, level is to to goaltending to good goaltending, yeah. right? I mean, you look at the Jack Adams Award winner every year; it's the guy with a good goaltender, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I think I think he just comes into the. He's like a right place, right time with San Jose, New Jersey, uh, uh, Vegas. Sorry, and and you know, I I've never been a fan, but maybe you're. Yeah, maybe you're right about that, Alex. Yeah, and uh, Aaron Lappin saying another OT game incoming. We did track the regulation time draw here on the uh, Edgework Betstamp account, which you can find in the Betstamp app on iOS and Android. You can find us in there specifically in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. You can track all the picks from this year. And if you uh, have been following along, you would have seen that Alex gave out the winner on the Van- uh, Vancouver-Dallas regulation time draw the other day. So back to the well on the draws for this Dallas team. It's draw season. Get one. <laughs> it's draw season. Drop you your go. draws. <laughs> 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 drop your draws for draws <laughs> all right another team here in the metro tonight uh the new jersey devils on the road to face off against the colorado avalanche new jersey second in the metro six points up on the rangers created a little bit of a gap over them they're three points back of carolina uh on a two-game win streak seven two and one in their last ten incredible road team here 21 4 and 3 going to face off against colorado who is on a six game win streak holding on to third in the central a point back of minnesota two points back of dallas uh this is one for me that i kind of look at as a one that i will want to watch here tonight will want to tune into just based on the fact that both of these teams feel like they have a shot at winning the cup this year both gonna i would assume the avalanche are still gonna go out and continue to add some pieces ahead of the deadline uh but Andy, if you look at these two teams tonight, uh, a Colorado team who's about average at home versus a Devils team who's very good on the road, uh, is there anything that you're looking at in this one? Uh, I mean, it's it's tough to say anything about Colorado. They could be a totally different team here down, down the stretch, right? And uh, um, I'm a little apprehensive to kind of buy into anything that we've seen from this team this season. Um, really, really uh, was looking at the the under in this one but um kind of can't get behind that price so just just neutral here don't really don't really have anything that i like in this game all right is there anything for you alex in this one 
Yeah, I like this first period over and uh, just kind of just checking back on a couple of notes. But this is definitely, uh, I think, where we're going to see some good pace back and forth. Two teams, like you said, you know, out of conference, but fighting for their own, uh, you know, space respectively. This usually would be a game I would kind of lean toward the draw with. I don't know about that. I think this it's going to be back and forth enough where we could see one team maybe uh, pull ahead within regulation time, but I definitely like the first period over. I think this is a cheap enough price where we can see some goals both ways, at least a couple early in the contest. And, uh, you know, now we're seeing a lot of these unders. We're getting some good prices again with some of these first period overs. Cash, though, plus 115 last night with Wild Islanders. So hopefully we can get more on the plus side. But even if we're only laying a dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty for some, some good spots like these, uh, it's worth betting. Okay, so we will track that one in the uh, bet stamp account. Two more games here tonight. This one, we got two teams who are top of their uh, of their division right now. Carolina and Vegas going head to head. Carolina is first in the Metro right now, and their first is a little bit different than the Vegas first at this point in time as Carolina is three points up on New Jersey, but they feel like they have uh, a lot more ground to stand on there in their first place position. A game in hand on New Jersey, nine points up on the Rangers, uh, a lot up on uh, on the teams trailing behind them, including the Islanders. Uh, down there in the wild card spot and Vegas is in a very tight position in their division right now tied with points with the Kings two games in hand on them though four points up on Seattle four points up on Edmonton at this point two game losing streak here for Vegas uh, Alex is this a spot for Vegas to to snap this losing streak here tonight against Carolina or do we expect Carolina to kind of just continue to roll I mean this is going to be a, a tough battle I, I, if I had to lean with a side I don't really care for anything in this game particularly but if i had to look for something i would probably be looking at carolina and maybe the carolina in regulation uh obviously seeing that total at five and a half which makes sense vegas has been an under machine at home most of the year carolina also too when they play their tight uh a style game it's usually they're being responsible on, on the back end defensively so this could be one of those lower scoring battles but i would lean with carolina and i would probably look for a regulation uh price knock that dollar 45 dollar 40 down to almost a plus price yeah, I'm, I, I lean towards the Hurricanes as well, but I landed on a, a player prop for this one. And I know Vegas might not strike you as the best spot to go over on a opposing player's shot prop, but uh, the Golden Knights uh, aren't as good at suppressing shots against the Eastern Conference teams, which shouldn't come as much of a surprise. The Hurricanes are the best shot generators in the NHL, and you know, maybe special teams doesn't play as much of a factor tonight because of the, you know, Golden Knights not taking very many penalties uh, and being on home ice. But uh, I think, you know, Carolina can still dominate even strength play here. And uh, Seth Jarvis is just, you know, vibing right now playing on the top line. He's gone over two and a half shots in eight straight games, 16 of his last 24, six out of eight is, six out of his last eight road games. Uh, and I mean, he's arguably been Carolina's best shot producer for the better part of, you know, two months now. So um, I, I really like the the minus 110 price here. I know people like Brent Burns. I've played him a bit uh, as of late too. And, and but I just think, uh, you know, in this situation where you could be relying on a lot of even strength uh, time on ice, Jarvis is a good bet at, at minus 110 to get three or more shots. There you go. A couple bets locked in here. Uh, some different ways you can play tonight's games. You got first period over, regulation draw, and now shot prop mixed in. So 
Uh, make sure to track all of that on the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ as well. If you're enjoying the show, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. Like this stream. Uh, we're trying to get to that 1,000 subscriber mark. Uh, so if anyone who's watching isn't subscribed already, please make sure to hit that button. It takes two seconds to do so. Help support the show. Help grow it. Uh, get more viewers on here. But Should final game. Yeah, I think yeah, that'll I think do it. Uh, so Andy, we'll do a uh, we'll do a full subscribathon. Andy is uh, Andy's gonna take his shirt off and manscape on stream. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, Edgework calendar for next year with Andy. All twelve months. Andy. Live. Do a live workout. A live workout. Yeah. No, we're gonna do our own Peloton series. <laughs> Sell it to them. Just, and he's just on me, the bike me just smoking and dying on the bike yeah. <laughs> sweating it uh, sweating it with andy and alex that'd be fun we sweat bets while we do aerobics oh my god sweat, yeah, that's sweat a great bets. idea actually fuck do not don't even think about it rob that's my idea <laughs> yeah we'll have to do that on the hammer though andy that's where we're gonna bring you to do it so uh, it was brought up here on Edgework, so unfortunately for you, that idea is Damn gone it. now. It's it's ours now. It's ours now. <laughs> <laughs> Final game uh, of the night: the Washington Capitals going to take on the Anaheim Ducks. Here, the Caps are the Caps are sellers. They kind of wave the white flag a little bit, moving out guys like Dmitry Orlov there. But then you go and acquire uh, Rasmus Sandin, bring him back, flip out uh, first round pick and Eric Gustafsson. So Caps kind of looking to move forward here in terms of what they can do for upcoming years at this point in this Anaheim team. Not being good all season long, but over the last little while, three-game win streak for the Anaheim Ducks here. Andy, if you look at these two teams tonight, uh, it feels like this should be a spot where where Washington can win, but they are a big favorite against the Anaheim Ducks, and the Ducks are on a win streak here, as I had just mentioned. Is this maybe a spot where Anaheim could uh, sneak, sneak in and grab another win against the Capitals tonight? Um, sure. I don't know. But like Evgeny Kuznetsov was out of practice yesterday, held out due to an illness. Not sure what his status is. Um, and, um, he wasn't the only one, but, uh, for some reason my brain isn't working right now. Uh, but kind of depending on who moves up there, I guess I might, you know, I could look at, at a player prop maybe, um, this, you know, depending on who moves up with Alex Ovechkin and Tom Wilson, because, the Ducks do bleed shots even on home ice, right? And and there's always an opportunity to either get in on a, a shot prop or a goal prop or something like that. So, I mean that that's kind of where I look. Maybe maybe look at a guy like uh, like Dylan Strom if he happens to get moved up into that spot, uh, you know, for an anytime goal. I think if he's at around plus two seventy, but I wouldn't do anything until we get some uh, confirmation on what's going to happen with the lineup tonight heading into this one. Yeah, I'm seeing Connor Sheary and Kuznetsov didn't Yeah, skate. Connor Sheary, that's right. He's yeah. actually, he is expected to be in the lineup because uh, I think he was just out to, his wife had a baby and and he was supposed to meet the team in, in Anaheim. Alex, anything for you in this one? Yeah, I kind of look like a couple leans here in this. I like uh, Washington first period puck line and I also like their team total. Surprise, their team total three and a half minus a dollar twenty. I thought for sure that was going to be four and a half posted uh, pretty much everywhere. But with Anaheim, like I said, they, you know, their defense has been awful. The goaltending, obviously, we've been seeing John Gibson with a couple of brilliant starts here and there. So that's always a concern. And, and you wonder, you know, uh, are we going to see him possibly on the move uh, at some point between 
uh, the next 48 hours. I don't know, really know if that's going to be the case. I think we might see him get moved in the offseason. But with that being said, even though he's liable to turn in a, a great performance, he's still been pretty rough. And, and if they go Dostal again, I definitely like that team total over. But uh, I think Washington, like I said, I don't know if they'll have a full 60-minute effort because they've been a bit sketchy themselves. But definitely like them enough to maybe get out of that first period with the lead and, and maybe get at least four goals in this one total. All right, that'll do it for uh, today's games, uh, previews, and picks. I got one more question for you guys before we get out of here. This is kind of the most, this is probably being one of the most exciting trade deadlines uh, or approaches to the trade deadline that we've seen in a while for the NHL. Kind of started to feel a little bit more and maybe NBA esque based on the fact that we're just seeing a higher volume of trades. And not only that, but we're seeing some bigger names be involved and actually be moved. It's not just rumors now, it's players actually on the move. Uh, the only problem with this, especially as we're going to be hosting a trade deadline show on the Hammer HQ on Friday for the NHL, uh, is that trades may be done by Friday. We might not be seeing too many moves uh, on that day. So that's the only unfortunate part. But I mean, Alex, if you're looking at the trade deadline ahead of this, ahead of the date on on Friday, March third, to close this close this out. What do you kind of expect between now and Friday for trades? Are we going to continue to see it at this pace? Do you think it might taper off? Uh, could Friday actually bring some excitement? Where do you stand just overall on the trade deadline? Yeah, historically, deadline day and like those final hours leading up to it have been kind of dull over the years. And, uh, you know, we tend to see a lot of deals that are either made after the buzzer. So, of course, they've all been submitted to the league and then they just haven't trickled out to the media yet. Or we're seeing, like we've seen now, a lot of just big deals being made early and things getting out of the way. I think this is going to be an uncharacteristic year in the sense that we will see more action on Friday. I think the Kane trade was kind of a, a precursor to what I think we're going to see in the next 40 hours, where it took them, what, about maybe two and a half, three days to get that, that deal kind of panned out and all the pieces put together. They needed a third team to come in. I think we're going to see more of that. We've seen that what with, uh, Arizona did it within that trade. So yeah. uh, Minnesota do it twice last week. So I think there's a lot of moving parts and pieces that are going to be involved in these trades, and I think it's going to take some time. So I think there's a lot of deals being worked on now, but they won't be finalized until the last two, three, four hours on Friday. So it should make for an interesting deadline day. Yeah, I think uh, the TSN crew is going to have their work cut out for them, probably lots of skits and, you know, Silly stuff like that, and trying to trying to be comedians for the day. But I mean, they they went to broadcast school, and if you go to broadcast school, you can do anything. So <laughs> I mean, fuck, you know, one one minute your 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 uh, hot takes uh, about every sport known to man, the next you're the breakfast television guy talking about politics every day. So it's like broadcasters are versatile guys, and you know, James Duthie he goes to the World Cup. He goes to the, to the NHL, he goes to the World Juniors, and then he does comedy on trade deadline day. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty incredible. Well, Andy, didn't did Rob not send you your copy of the uh, of the script for for your skit that you're doing? Did you skit? not, did oh, not get that yet? You guys <laughs> don't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> we were gonna make you do a uh, we were gonna make you do a, a, a song. You know how they did puck over glass. We were gonna get you to do something about the digital ad, uh, board ads. That was gonna the be the bit this board year. Ads. Yeah, just had yeah. me doing the uh, George Costanza pose on the around the, <laughs> boards. the boards. Yeah. Watch edge work. <laughs> Bet <Friday>. 99. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody needs to see that. Once that happens, they might just ban the board ads altogether. So that would uh, be a yeah. good thing. I'll take one for the team. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Greatly appreciate it. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure to subscribe to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel. If you miss it or you want to listen back later, you can always do so on all podcasting platforms. And as well, if you want to track the picks that are given out on this show, make sure to go over to the BetStamp app. You can download that on iOS and Android as well as on uh, the web. And you can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. Track all the picks given out on the show, all the picks uh, in real time, as well as our new Saturday picks that we're doing where everyone submits their favorite play for Saturday. So make sure to check that out. But thank you guys so much for tuning in here today. Alex, Andy, appreciate you guys taking the time. Appreciate the insight. For everyone else, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Good luck on your bets tonight.